Come on, church, stand up with us. Are you ready to worship Jesus? Mm. Come on, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, help me sing. When night has fallen, when fear is calming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost and my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. Come on, put your hand. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided, I've decided I'm not giving up. Because you won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. Let me hear you say. Your love is holding on. It won't let go. Give up on me. You won't give up on me. 
used to be Freed from the fear by your perfect love This is my, this is my exit Gone, yeah, lift it up Gone is a person I used to be Freed from the fear by your perfect love This is my exit Come on, you're exiting from that fear Say, gone are the chains that were holding me Gone is the person I used to be I'm freed from the fear By your perfect love, Jesus Come on, get that in the spirit Gone are the chains that are holding me Say I'm free I'm free from the fear By your perfect love This is my exit This is my exit This is my exit This is my exit this is my exit. This is my exit. This is my exit. Freedom was good on you. Freedom was good on you. Freedom was good on you. Try it on. Try it on. I said freedom was good on you. By your perfect love, this is my exodus. Oh, gone are the chains that are holding me. Gone is the person I used to be. I'm free, I'm free from the fear, cause it's perfect love. Mm. Hallelujah! Come on, lift up your voice. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we magnify and we exalt your name. God, we thank you that you've given us breath to breathe. You've given us life. That's beyond this life. A celebratory life. Man, God, that we get to walk on streets of gold. Father, and 
what a day that will be. And that's why our freedom was good on us. Because we dance in that freedom that you've given us for the cross, the gospel of Jesus. God, we thank you that you've sent your son. And that he's no longer in the grave. But he's seated on the throne.
goodness is running after it's running after me when my life laid down i'm surrendered now i give you everything yeah your goodness is running after it keeps running after me sit up church your goodness is running after it's running after worship. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone. 
Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Converge Live, our in-person worship experience. We are back. And I don't know about you guys, but I am excited for us to be back. It is good to be back, but it's even better to see each of you guys' faces here in person. So thank you for joining us today. If you will, please take a quick minute, just a quick second with me, so that we can also say hello and welcome to Converge Nation, our online virtual family that joins us each week via rebroadcast. Thank you so much, Converge Nation. We love you. We appreciate how you guys rock with us each week week. Thank you for joining us. And if it's your first time here at Converge, we want to say hello and welcome to you as well. Thank you for choosing to join us today. To celebrate your first time with us, we do have a small gift that we'd like to give you. We ask that you would stop by the Welcome Center and visit with one of our servant leaders at the end of service. It's a small gift, a small token of appreciation, and just our way of saying thank you for choosing to join us today. So, Converge, there is a lot that is happening here, a lot that God is doing, and we want to make you guys aware of what's going on. So the best way to stay informed on everything that's happening here at Converge is to connect with us on our various social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge. We ask that you would like the pages and then share the pages with your friends and family. Amen? Amen. So... To prepare our hearts for Easter, we as a church have embarked upon a 40-day journey through God's Word. Together, we are reading Journeying with Jesus. It's our Lent devotional. And we're on day 11 today, but it's not too late for you guys to join us. You can start right now. So if you're interested in taking this journey with us, just take your YouVersion Bible app out. You're going to click Discover and then you're going to search for and select Journeying with Jesus, and then you're gonna click Start Plan. It's that simple, guys. Or we've got all the details on our Facebook and Instagram pages, so you can check us out there and you can start the journey with us, amen? Amen. And so then we also have our kickoff starting tomorrow of our spring small virtual groups, our V groups start tomorrow. Converge students will be leading the way with our brother Coquetso, helping the students. Amen. Yes. So tomorrow, Sundays at 1 p.m., it's going to be a four-week study, and they're going to be digging into Jesus Changes Everything. Again, that begins tomorrow, Sunday the 13th at 1 p.m. And then on Tuesday the 15th of March, Converge Her will be digging into Warrior Women with an emphasis on the book of Deborah. That's going to be every Tuesday for five weeks at 7 30 p.m. And then last but never least, Converge Men. Yes, yes. Converge Men will be kicking off on Wednesday, the 16th of March at 7.15 p.m. And they will be diving into Core for Men Transformed. Guys, these groups are a great way to find your circle. You've heard Pastor Ray tell us that life isn't done in rows. Even though we're sitting in rows right now, that's not how we do life. We do life in circles. So we want you to find your circle. It's a great way to learn. It's a great way to grow. And it's a wonderful way to establish some meaningful connections with other members of our faith community. So 
If you want to know how to join us, shoot us an email at echurchatweareconverged.com and we will get those details to you. We've also got the details posted on our Facebook and Instagram pages. All righty. Okay. Amen. I'm super excited about it, guys. So we're moving into the blessed life segment of our worship experience, but I think my brother and friend Coquetso redubbed it last week to the abundant life segment, and I kind of like that. It's based on John 10 and 10b, where Jesus said that he has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So this is our opportunity where we can help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us here at Converge in our giving. So if you'd like to partner with us financially, we have multiple ways that you can do it. Here in person, we've got ushers in the aisles with envelopes and pens. If you need one, just raise your hand and we'll get it to you. We ask that you would fill out those envelopes in its entirety. That's so that we can properly record your giving. And then at the end of the worship service, you can place them in the receptacle on your way out. You can also give via our mobile app. Simply search the iOS and the Android platforms to find and download Converge Church Plano. And then you can give via text. You're just going to text Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977. And finally, you can give via our website. You can give safely and securely. You'll just visit us at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. Converge family, we appreciate everything that you guys do, your generosity, your partnership, and all that you do to help make life-giving ministry happen here at Converge. Amen? Amen. Let's just say a quick word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you promised us an abundant life, that you came, that we could have that abundant life. We thank you that in Ephesians 3 and 20, you, God, said that you would do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask, all that we could imagine, all that we could even begin to fathom. You are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that, God. Pastor Ray has been teaching us that there is more, and we are believing you, God, for more, not just for ourselves so that we can hold it, but, God, so that we can use the resources that you've entrusted us to build your kingdom to lift you up, to draw in the hurting, to draw in the lost, God, that you may be magnified and others who don't know you through the shed blood of Jesus can come into that relationship, God. We thank you and we trust you, God. We thank you that you have entrusted us, being our source, to give you back a small portion of what you've blessed us with, God, and we will be found faithful stewards and managers of all that you have given to us, God. It is in Jesus' name that we thank you, we praise you, and we say amen. amen. Converge family, thank you for your attention. Please enjoy the rest of the worship experience, and please enjoy these amazing trailers of just a sneak peek of our V groups that are kicking off tomorrow. I was told at a really young age that I was fat, so I just decided from then on that I was going to make other people feel like that. So I turned to, to friends who weren't really a good influence, and we started smoking a lot and doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot. I struggled a lot with the idea of having depression. I just called out to God, like, 
God, I need you. Like, I can't do this on my own. Forgiving someone was really hard because I grew up fatherless and I really didn't know the definition of what it felt to be loved. When Jesus calls us, we need to realize the significance of what's happening. This isn't just some ordinary person that's looking at us and saying, hey, I want you to come hang with me. No, this is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. This is the creator of all things, and He's looking at you. Now that we're graduated and going our separate ways, you feel like you haven't done enough, but you know that it's just my job to spread the gospel. I knew that God was calling me to not just have this relationship with Jesus, but to pursue other people. Now that I'm following Jesus, I know that He has a plan for me. He gives me the joy that I was looking for. He's just placed so many awesome people in my life, like people that just are there to just pick me up when I fall. When you say yes to Jesus, when you surrender to Him, you are a child of the Most High God. He made you with plans and purposes in mind, and He's not finished with you yet. Who are you? You are God's. You are His child. You are chosen for great things. So I want to challenge you to surrender everything to Jesus, your past, your present, and your future. And as you say yes to Jesus, everything can change. Welcome to the battlefield of life, friends. Whether we signed up willingly or life has placed us here, we all need tools, language, and wisdom to win the war against our identity as women who are called to lead in any and all spaces. What is a warrior, you ask? A warrior is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Israel cries out for help and God sends Deborah. Scripture tells us that she's a prophet and a judge. People sought her out so that she could resolve their problems. And we could read this in our modern context and not think twice, but Deborah is one amazing woman. She was incredibly powerful and had the authority in a realm that many women today don't even have. As warrior women, we need to recognize the importance of our voice and the power of our words. That's exactly where we see our hero, Deborah, who rose to lead even the mightiest of men with the kindest of actions. So in a world that is dying for leaders to rise and make ways where there are no ways and to tread on paths where there are no paths, this is your invitation to be a warrior and a leader. You might be sitting here thinking, I'm not a leader. I am just a mom or I'm just a student or I'm just a manager. No, 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 you know what you just are? You are just a child of God and that's all you need to be. May we never be people who ignore the voice of God to rise to the occasion and passionately follow Him no matter the cost. You may not feel like a warrior, you may not look like a warrior, but you are a warrior. So fight on, sis, because victory is yours.
Life is complex. It's filled with these amazing moments of laughter and joy and celebration. It's also filled with moments of despair, resentment, and fear. For men, the soundtrack of culture tells us that we must avoid vulnerability at all costs, that we can't be weak, that we can't be humble, that we can't be honest, and we certainly can't have fear. But that's not what Jesus said. And this is exactly why we started CORE. CORE exists to put men in community to help equip them to answer some of life's most difficult questions regarding purpose and identity. We don't have to live in fear of our struggles and our brokenness anymore. We can face it together and we can find courage and hope that we never even knew existed. CORE is the best resource to build foundation and brotherhood. It's like nothing I've ever seen. It's simple, it's targeted, it's gonna impact your life. You're gonna find a safe place where you can be authentically who you are without judgment from another person. CORE expresses the diversity, the color, that's in Christ. There's been a lot of curriculums that are out there, uh, but this is gonna be the greatest men's curriculum for reaching a city. I've been in ministry for over 17 years and I've done a ton of men's studies. We've used lots of great material, lots of great video content, um, but CORE just blows them all away. Nothing else that I've ever used has been able to get guys to that authentic level of community that they need in order to grow from, in order to really discover who Christ is. There's something in it for just about every man. Ethoses of art, ethoses of the military, ethoses of sport, but the themes are transcendent. What does it mean to be a man? Who am I? Why am I here? It makes for a very powerful tool to reach the heart of a man. When I did core in my home, I've never seen such authenticity in men. It asks these probing questions that unlocks the honesty, the rawness, the vulnerability. We didn't see a lot of drop-off. We didn't see men say, all right, that was, that was corny, didn't relate to me, you know, bunch of white stuff. Because of the quality of the video, the production, and the authenticity, there's no pretenses, there's no religiousness per se. It's just raw, it's real, it's visceral. I'm a dad, got four little kids. Another thing to do at night during the week didn't really appeal to me. Over the course of 10 weeks, I left with a depth of relationship that I didn't know that I needed. The compelling journey it begins to take you on. I, my heart begins to be transformed and I am not the man that I used to be. I thank God for that. I've really seen for myself that CORE has been the thing that's turned the tide. I can do this, I can get beyond this. We are gonna see revival happen in our communities when they become submitted to God dealing with just junk in their lives. In cities that need justice, you can't find a better way to start becoming relevant and solve the problems in CORE does by how it changes a guy from the inside out. And he starts making new choices, because really that's the bottom line. We need to be reminded that there is hope, that our past does not dictate our future, and that shame and insecurities don't have the final say. To help make this a reality, CORE provides resources built on the power of storytelling to create space for men. Space where we don't have to have answers to all of our questions, where we don't have to try to fix ourselves first. 
where we can come as we are without being judged. Core is a place where we can connect with other men and learn how to be brothers. Brothers who are sharing about our struggles and our dreams. Brothers who are journeying together to discover who God says we are and what He's made us for. Are you excited to be in the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, two words keep bubbling up in my heart. Come on, somebody. We're back. Yeah, that's good news. Listen, we are in person. We are live here. And we want to say thank you to everyone who joined us virtually uh, via Converge Online. We're super excited to see each of you. And listen, I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to say a big thank you to all of you, to all of you, that made my 50th birthday celebration a resounding success. Thanks to everyone who was part of the planning, the execution. Thanks to everyone who supported Pastor Wendy along the way. I was telling the team earlier before service that, man, she was hiding, sneaking around the house, whispering in the garage. I'm like, who you on the phone with? Jake from State Farm. No, 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 no. And so... You know me, I was trying to be nosy, trying to figure out what was going on, but it was such a blessing, such a pleasant surprise to see all of you. Uh, friends I hadn't seen in decades from the Army, uh, guys I went to high school with were here. Uh, my brothers, two of my brothers flew in, and uh, it was such a blessing. Thank you for all the cards, uh, the kind words, the text messages, the phone calls, uh, and thank you for making me feel special. Uh, really, really, really deeply, genuinely appreciate each of you and your kindness uh, shown to me and uh, also the honor that you showed me last week. Uh, we're excited also because we get to do this together and the operative word is together. Listen, you can call it a clan, you can call it a family, you can call it a tribe, whatever you call it, we need one. Amen? And that's why our V groups are so crucial, why they're so critical. One is too small a num number to accomplish anything significant, right? Uh, no man was created to be an island unto himself or herself, right? And so when we do these V groups, and uh, Andrea alluded to it, the purpose of the V groups is to build community and meaningful connections because we need each other. Uh, Paul said it this way, the eye can't say to the ear, I have no need of you. The foot can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Unfortunately, and I think especially because of the pandemic, it has highlighted and maybe even exacerbated some of the separation that was already happening in the body where we're no longer the body of Christ. Unfortunately, we have become the body parts of Christ. And we become comfortable doing life alone, which was never God's intention. In fact, it's not enough for even for us to gather the way we've gathered today because today we're sitting in rows. That means we're side by side. But God wants us to find our circle because circles happen face to face. Are you with me? 
And so I invite you, I encourage you to prioritize one of these V groups. If you have students, man, make sure they're on Sundays at 1 p.m. with Coquetso and Colo. Uh, if you're a man in the house, listen, Wednesday nights at 7.15, we're going to be getting into some deep stuff, man, and, and, and learning what it means to live without the mask and to, to really dig deep and address some of the things that hinder us, that keep us from becoming our best for God. And again, I know for men that's uncomfortable, right? Uh, because we don't, wanna, we don't want anybody to see uh, our wounds and our scars, and we want to make sure that everybody has this impression of us that unfortunately isn't entirely true. And God wants us to do some of the deep work that will allow us to heal and become better as men. Unfortunately, most men live from their wounds, not their scars. You say, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Wounds are still fresh, still open, meaning they still require healing. Scars means that there was once a wound. There was once a place where you suffered pain and affliction. But now because you have healed beyond that point, you can live from a place of victory. The problem is most men won't even let anybody see their wounds so they never become scars and they live from a place of open, unresolved pain and hurt. God wants all of us to get to the point where we're no longer living from our wounds. And this isn't just for men. It's for all of us in this building. Where you, you're so tender and so exposed and you've never allowed yourself to heal. And let me tell you why. It's because we're not living out James chapter 5. And James chapter 5 says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Most of us say, well, I'm going to talk to God about it. No, talk to God about forgiveness. Talk to your brother about your healing. That ain't Pastor Ray. That's scripture. And most people stay and live with open wounds that by now should be scars. You know why? Because we isolate ourselves. And our V groups are an opportunity for you to heal. According to James chapter 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. If you're a woman, converge her on Tuesday nights. And here at Converge Church, we celebrate women in leadership. So when you see an Old Testament character like Deborah in a cultural context where women were supposed to be subservient, yet she was so anointed of God that she was not only a prophetess, she was also a judge, she was a boss chick in the Old Testament. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of women today, especially in the church, who need to learn what it looks like for God to use you supernaturally in hostile environments. Yeah. Yeah. As the leader. In fact, when you read Judges, Barak, who was the commander of the armies of Israel, said, if Deborah ain't going with me, I ain't going into battle. That is the kind of power that you wield as a woman of God. 
And it will do you a world of good to be around other women of God who are diving into God's word to discover God's original and eternal plan for women in leadership and women in the kingdom. That's the only time I'm going to say it. If it's not a priority for you, it ain't going to be a priority for me. We just going to keep on stepping. And let me say this to you. The worst time to learn how to swim is when you're drowning. So when life comes at you and you ain't put anything in you, guess what's going to come out of you? Absolutely nothing. No faith, no authority, no power. Because we didn't take the time to invest, listen, to invest in our own personal growth and development. You ain't going to hear another word out of me about this. One and done. V groups start tomorrow. Sunday for Converge students. Tuesdays for Converge her. And Wednesdays for Converge men. Amen? Amen. Now that I fussed at y'all. After our first week back, let's dive into the word together. Anybody else ready for the word? Let's pray and we'll dive in. Father, we come to you now in the strong name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. Illuminate, Father, the places of uncertainty, the places where we need clarity. Uh, Father, the places where you want us to experience your very best. Uh, We yield ourselves implicitly now to the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Father, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive all that you desire to say and do in our midst. And Father, I pray that each of us today would not be hearers of your word only, but that we would become doers of your word, for it is in the doing of the word that our lives are transformed and we experience the fullness of all that you have called us to. Lord, we trust you to do it now. In this moment... In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Listen, it is week five of our sermon series, Verses, He Said, She Said, and The Truth. We're taking this page out of the playbook of culture to communicate deep and profound spiritual truths as it relates to interpersonal relationships, as it relates to conflict resolution, as it relates to navigating the hard places that we often experience when we deal with people. Amen? The truth is, people will be the greatest source of your joy, uh, but people (laughs) will also be the greatest source of your pain. And that's why Frankie Beverly said, joy, come on, and pain. People make you laugh and in the same moment make you cry. But God created us for community. And that's why he said uh, at creation, it was not good for the man to be alone. Uh, This extends beyond just a romantic relationship between a man and a woman. God created us to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth. He created us to be societal. He created us to be dependent on God, independent from sin, but interdependent on each other. I'll say that again. He created us to be dependent on God, independent from sin, but interdependent on each other. 
And that is the premise of this series. Over the last several weeks, I've been imagining what would be my favorite versus battles. Y'all ready for this? Come on, come on, come on. If I could script my favorite versus battle, one at the top of the list would be Biggie and Tupac. Come on, that. That, that would be a good, that would be a good, good versus battle. Here's another one that I think would be pretty cool. I think uh, Whitney and Mariah would be an incredible versus battle. Let me tell you on another versus battle. This is a little old school. I'm kind of dating myself, but listen, I think Ron Isley and Uncle Charlie Wilson would be a good versus battle, man. Come on, they're going to bring that old school soul. Oh, here's one of my favorites, and I think this is going to be the last one, before y'all think your pastor ain't saved no more. Y'all know church folk, man. Sometimes, man, y'all be tripping. But let me give y'all one more. Let me give y'all one more. And I'm saying those because I'm a music guy. I love music. I listen to all kinds of music. And, 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 but this, I think this would be a good one. For all of you who enjoy easy listening and smooth, smooth music, man, there's a good versus battle. Come on, somebody. I don't even know where I fall on this one, who I would go with. But if you appreciate smooth vibes, like chill music, you see how I'm building it up? Y'all trying, who, who are we going to? Come on. I think Anita Baker and Sade. Ooh. You see, they're yelling all in the back. All up in here. Listen, are y'all sure y'all safe? That would be a, I don't know where I'd land because I love Anita. Anita, yeah. Woo. Anyway, we're supposed to be reading the Bible. Verses. He said, she said, and... The truth. Our anchor text uh, uh, for this today's message is lifted from two places. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Familiar passage of scripture, but we're going to spend the lion's share of our time in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Let's look quickly at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. And this will give context to today's message. Verse 34 reads, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him, Jesus, a question. Ah, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? It always boggles my mind. Why the Pharisees and Sadducees thought they could catch Jesus in one of their tests. That somehow, with their questions, they would stump Jesus. So this Pharisee comes, a teacher of the law, not seeking knowledge, but wanting to confound Jesus with a hard question. Jesus didn't even skip a beat. Jesus responds in verse 37 with these words in red. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And what Jesus is establishing for us first and foremost is the most important relationship you and I will ever have, and it is first of all vertical. 
It is my relationship with God, my vertical alignment with God, with my heart, my soul, my mind, my body, all that I am and all that I hope to be. So when we talk about verses and we talk about interpersonal relationships, ground zero, if you're going to have healthy relationships, the first relationship that must be in its proper alignment is the vertical relationship with God. But there are two other relationships that Jesus mentions in response to the Pharisees' question. Notice verse 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, for years I would read that text and I'll say, well, Jesus said two things. Love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. There are two uh, 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 commandments, but two relationships that we need to manage and steward properly. Our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with others. Until one day, Holy Spirit arrested me and says, you're missing a third relationship that I highlighted. And the third relationship is actually the second relationship because if you don't handle that second relationship properly, it will negatively influence and impact the third. Yes. Yes. He said, Pastor, what are you talking about? The scripture says, love God, love your neighbor. No, no, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Good. Jesus highlights three critical relationships that will touch each of our lives. Our vertical relationship with God, our internal relationship with ourselves, which touches, marks, influences, and impacts how we love our neighbor. And I will venture to say, most of the problems we have loving our neighbor is a direct result of the fact that we haven't learned to love ourselves. So today's message is not about our interpersonal relationships. Today's message is to begin to ask ourselves, have I learned what it looks like to manage my internal relationship? Do I love Ray Harmon enough that Ray Harmon can pour into his neighbor, not out of what Ray Harmon needs for himself, but out of the overflow? Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Which can only come from my vertical relationship with God. That after God has poured into me, after he has anointed my head so that my cup runs over, now I can pour into others and love others out of the overflow of what God has poured into me. And the problem is, the problem is, we have looked to people to fulfill us in ways only God can. And we have placed demands on people that can only be satisfied by the divine. And we have tried to love people out of our brokenness. But how many of you realize when the vessel is broken, no matter what's poured into it, it's going to leak out. 
And the problem is we're trying to love our neighbor out of broken vessels because we haven't, first of all, learned to love ourselves. I'm talking about he said. I'm talking about she said and the truth. I'm talking about what they said about you that has kept you from hearing the truth of God's word about you. Not just what he said and she said. I'm talking about what you have said about yourself that doesn't align with what God has said about you. And you're trying to love people out of an empty, cracked cistern? No wonder we have so many relational problems. Because Jesus said that we ought to love our neighbor as we've learned to love ourselves. Hmm. This ain't, today, <laughs> we're going to talk about loving you. Today, we're going to talk about giving yourself a hug. Today, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be fulfilled with or without anybody. Are y'all with me? <laughs> y'all quiet in this Presbyterian church today. But I'm still going to preach. I'm going to tell it to y'all like I heard it. And that's why today's message is called Dinner for Two. Good. Dinner for Two. Today, you're about to have a date with Jesus. Because when we talk about he said, she said, and the truth, the truth is not just principles. The truth is a person. John chapter 14 and verse 6 declares, these are the words of Jesus, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So if you're going to overcome what he said, if you're going to overcome what she said, if you're going to land on the truth of God's word, today is an opportunity for you to have dinner for two, a dinner date with Jesus so that he can pour into you what he says about you, what he thinks about you, not what they said that you have allowed to define you instead of the truth that comes from the person of Jesus. Wow. So we in John chapter 5. There's an internal struggle, man, between what God said about you, what everybody else said about you. Here it is. But what you saying about yourself? It doesn't matter what God says about you. It doesn't matter what other people say about you as long as what you're saying about yourself nullifies and cancels out. Good. What God is saying about you. Psychologists call it self-talk. Psychologists call it self-fulfilling prophecy. That's why people can come into, into a room like this and hear the word of God and walk out minutes later and feel just as defeated as they felt before they walked in. Wow. It ain't because I ain't preaching the word. It is because there is a versus battle raging in your thought life 
between what God said about you and what you continue to say and believe about yourself. That doesn't align with the truth of God's word. The most important relationship right now is your vertical relationship with God and your internal relationship with yourself. Because if you don't get that right, you will going to have nothing to give nobody that's of any value. Three relationships. Vertical, internal, horizontal. Okay, so let's look at a passage from John chapter number five. <laughs> Yeesh. Is this helping anybody yet? Somebody say mirrors. Mm -hmm. We're going to look into the mirror of God's word, James chapter 1. In fact, let me read that. I'm going to call an audible now, and I want to I highlight why this is so important. I want to amplify the importance of the mirrors that you look into every day, not even realizing that you're doing it. If the mirror that you're looking in it's not the mirror of God's word. The reflection that you see every day is a distorted image. That's good. Yes. You're going to the fair, you're going to the carnival, and you're going into the house of mirrors. And you're standing in mirrors that give you an inflated sense of self or a deflated sense of self, and neither image is consistent with what God said about you. If you're not looking to the mirror of God's word to discover your identity, you are allowing other mirrors, what he said and what she said, to define you, not the truth. And that's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, let no man think more highly of himself than he ought to, but let him think of himself soberly according to the measure of faith that he has been dealt. So whether you have a high estimation of yourself or a low estimation of yourself, if it is not consistent with God's word, you're either wrestling with pride, which goes before destruction, or a haughty, um, or uh, self-esteem issues where you think less of yourself than you ought. Notice what the scripture says in James chapter 1. This is not in my notes, but I'm going to read it anyway. Because this is what happens with most of us. And I'm saying this, and I'm talking to myself. I talk to myself. There is no one to talk to. Anybody know that, Christopher Williams? Come on, somebody. Why is this jukebox playing in my head today? <laughs> Come on, somebody. What did I say we we're going to look like? James chapter 1. Let's start at verse 22. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the... Notice, let me just stop there for a second. The man or woman who hears the word and doesn't do the word, has deceived himself. The devil didn't do it. The scripture didn't say, if you hear the word and don't do it, the devil deceived you. No, 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 no. 
No, no. You can say they come into the house of God. You can listen to CD after CD, podcast after podcast. If you don't apply what you heard, you have deceived yourself into thinking you good when you really ain't. Are, are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Amen. So let's not be guilty of self-deception. Let's be doers of the word. So he identifies the problem. He said, my people are steady hearing the word and they're not applying the word. Verse 23, for, y'all see that conjunction or is that preposition? Whatever it is, it's connecting this verse to this verse. <laughs> Whether it's a conjunction, junction, what's your function? Come on, somebody. Or if it's a preposition, I don't know. Preposition or under, it's a preposition. What's the function of a preposition, all my English people? I don't remember. All I know is, is <laughs> connecting these two verses. Are y'all with me? Yes, so he said the first problem is we hear the word and don't do it. And then he says, for. He explains now. He's going to unpack this. He says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away. Notice how quickly it happens. And immediately forgets what kind of man he was. You know what he's saying? James is saying, if I hear the word and I don't apply the word, I walk away like I looked in the mirror and totally forgot what I looked like. Are you serious? I mean, I don't know how to even wrap my head around it because I don't think there's anybody in this room who would look at themselves and walk away and forget what they looked like. But God is saying spiritually, that's what we're doing. Notice what it says. He forgets what kind of man he was. You know what he's saying? He said we forget what God said about us. We forget the image that God showed us when we stood in front of the mirror. When we stood in front of the truth, the truth of God's word, we saw a reflection from God's word of who we are in him. But because we don't do it, we walk away immediately forget what we saw and now we turn to culture to define us. We turn to our friends to define us. We turn to our relationships to define us. Find me, that's good. He said, she said, and the truth. We allow our self-talk to become self-fulfilling prophecy and eclipse the image that we saw in the mirror. Notice what it says in verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed. In what he does. 
So what's the truth about you? What does God see when he looks at you? Does what God sees when he looks at you match what you see when you look at yourself? Hmm. One day God shows up and he speaks to a guy that he wants to use to be a prophet named Jeremiah. And God says, listen, man, I want you to go declare my word to the nation of Israel. And his response was, but God, I'm just a youth. And God said in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet. To pluck up and to tear down to lift up and to plant and to sow. Even before you were in your mother's womb, what I saw was a prophet and all you see is a scared little boy. Hmm. You see, because among the sons of Jesse, God saw a king when all they saw was a snotty-nosed shepherd boy. The good news about it, though, David didn't believe what they saw because David knew what God saw. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Let me say it one more time. Let me reiterate this. You're not going to love people well if you haven't learned to love you the way God loves you. And the way God sees you. Alrighty. That ends the introduction to my message. Um, no, I ain't lying. I'm for reals. That's the truth. Amen. This is our first week back. Your pastor came with a little bit extra. Yes. No, no, I'm gonna go fast and furious. John chapter number five. John chapter number five. Okay, we're gonna we go read this story. It's a familiar story. It's the story of a man that's healed at the pool of Bethesda. And I believe that God's going to do the work of healing in us. Amen. I know that my God is not always in the spectacular, but he's sometimes in the whisper. Amen. Elijah looked for God in the earthquake, but the scripture says God wasn't in the earthquake. And then God looked for, I mean, Elijah looked for God in the fire. God wasn't in the fire. And then he heard a still small voice. Don't miss what God is saying to you and doing in this moment. God's going to do a work of healing in you that will help you love better. He says he's going to heal you first to celebrate and to embrace who you are. Zig Ziglar said it this way, every child is born to win. But along the way, many are conditioned to lose. Yeah. That's why when you talk to a child, they want to be an astronaut. They want to be the next president. Because inherently and innately in every child, they want to go to the NBA. They're going to be a multi-million dollar. But somewhere between the wonder of being a child. And that's why the scripture says, except you and I have faith like a child. Most of us lose that wonder of what is possible in our lives because ain't nobody beat us down yet. So you believe you can be the next president. You can be the next uh, entrepreneur, the next Hollywood star. Why? 
because God creates each of us to win. But along the way, the conditioning begins to happen. And we start to believe what he said, what she said, instead of the truth. So here's a story in uh, John chapter number 5 about a man who's healed at the pool of Bethesda. And I'll start reading in verse number 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these porches lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Listen, point number one, if you're going to start loving yourself, if you're going to start seeing yourself the way God sees you, here it is. You ready for this? Be careful the company you keep. Because the company you keep will influence what you believe and what you are willing to trust God for. Notice what the scripture says. There's a great multitude of sick people. Some lame, some paralyzed, some blind. And notice what it says. And all of them, regardless of their unique condition. All of them were restricted by the same thing because all of them believed ain't nobody condition going to change until that water starts stirring. Where did that come from? That was just a collective belief that all of them had in their ability to rise above where they were was limited by what they believed collectively. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. That's why the scripture says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's why we also say misery loves company. And if you keep the wrong company, ultimately it will determine what you start to believe and trust God for. Because now, my situation and my circumstances ain't going to change until this water starts moving. Hmm? There are some of us in this room right now who don't even know why we believe certain things we believe other than the fact that that's what everybody I know believed. That's what everybody I know said. And just because it's popular, doesn't mean it's right or true. I'm talking about the self-limiting beliefs that maybe you had in your family of origin. Where great-grandpa worked at the steel mill, grandpa worked at the steel mill, dad worked at the steel mill, and guess what? That's just what the Harmons do. You know why? Because you and I cannot live or lead beyond what we've been exposed to. Yeah. Yeah. 
this guy can't believe beyond what he's been exposed to because what he's been exposed to says can't nobody get healed until this water starts stirring. So guess what we're going to do? We're just going to sit here and maybe our condition will change if this water starts. Not only that. Well, the water could stir. But if I, I ain't the first one in, I'll just wait around till next time. How many of us have limited what we can have in life and what we can become in life to what everybody else has settled for? There are some of you who got dreams in your heart that you can't even share with your family because they're going to laugh at you. All right. I got to get through my message. I want to stay right here for a minute, but I got to get through this. So, did I tell you number one? Uh, So that's the first thing. That ain't all bad, though. Uh, Because, uh, uh, point number two, if you find yourself in a place where you're surrounded by beliefs that limit you and hinder you, here it is. God often meets us in our isolation at what we thought was a table for one. Come on. I don't know if you've ever been out by yourself to treat yourself and you're sitting in a restaurant full of people and you tucked away in the corner but the table you're sitting at got two chairs. I have yet to go to a restaurant where I walked in and there was just one chair and a table. There's something about our God who meets us in our isolation, who meets us in our loneliness at what we thought was just a table for one. You walk in and you talk to the hostess. How many in your party? Just one. Come on, somebody. And most of us think we're going through life all by ourselves. But I've discovered That even at your table for one, God chooses to meet you in your isolation. To help you undo the limitations that others put on you. I don't know why Jesus picked this guy. Because Jesus walked in and the scripture says there was a multitude of sick people. Yet Jesus doesn't attend to the sick people. He goes to the one. And I came here tonight to tell you that God sees you in the midst of a crowd. He sees you at your table for one. Notice what the scripture says. It says when Jesus saw him lying there. I don't know what it was about this guy that got Jesus' attention. But the scripture says when Jesus saw him lying there and knew, he knew he, he didn't just see him, but he knew that he had been in this condition a long time. Jesus doesn't only see you. He knows you. He knows your pain. He knows your frustration. He knows your disappointment. And he knows how long it's been. Hmm? 
Scripture says that there was a certain man. Verse 3. I'm sorry. Verse 5. Who had this infirmity 38 years. 38 years. Here it is. Number three. Don't grow discouraged while you're in the waiting season. I know it's easier said than done, Converge. But after you have waited in the same condition, 38 years, I start wondering if this guy just stayed there, not because he was paralyzed, but because he's just like, yeah, whatever. Listen, waiting can wear on you. Where if you wait long enough, you just stop trying. You stop believing. But the truth is, your waiting season with God, your waiting season with God should not be a season of inactivity or idleness. I don't want to talk about that too much because we'll be here until next week. A lot of Christians say, well, I'm waiting on God. Yeah, I'm just waiting on God. And he sat there for 38 years. Most of us have believed a lie that says time heals. Not true. What you and I do with time determines whether we heal or not. I know people who are just as mad 20 years later or even more mad 20 years later than they were when the offense occurred. Been 20 years and the offense didn't magically go away. No, it's what you and I choose to do with time that determines whether we heal or not. <sighs> okay, I got to let y'all go. Let me just read this for you. <clears throat> the waiting season shouldn't be a season of idleness or inactivity. That's number four. Promotion can't take place. Your next level can't happen till you properly manage where you are. Notice Jesus' question. It should have been obvious to Jesus what this man needed and what this man wanted. But don't get it twisted. Don't want something for somebody more than they want it for themselves. Jesus was like, before I expend one iota of my energy on this joker, let me figure out what he want. Because he could be very comfortable after 38 years being in this condition. Because the truth is, most people don't want responsibility. They just want relief. If you blind Bartimaeus, and you've been begging your whole life, and Jesus healed you, guess what just happened? You can't sit by the road of Jericho no more and beg nobody for another penny. Guess what you got to do? 
go find you a job. If you've been sitting at the pool for 38 years, one touch from the master means everything from your life is about to change. You've been sitting here for 38 years. Somebody say Shawshank Redemption. You remember, what's an old guy named that, that, that was released? Older gentleman was released from prison and he got out and he was in the halfway house and he had to go work at a grocery store and he was slow bagging the groceries and he went back into an apartment. What did he do? He committed suicide. Because being free meant that he had to work. Being free meant that he had to do things differently than he was accustomed to. And so when Jesus sees this guy and Jesus knows his condition and says, Doc, you've been sitting here 38 years. What do you want? I'm not going to assume you want to be made well because there are a lot of people who are comfortable in their misery. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Most of us say, oh, yeah, God, I want breakthrough. God, I want you. No, no, no. What you really want is relief. But if God turns your situation around, you know what that means? You can't go back to doing things the way you did. You can't go back to your idleness. You can't go back to your inactivity. You can't go back to blaming people for why you are the way you are. Because now you healed. You ain't a victim no more. You don't got nobody to point your finger at no more. What do you do when God had, has already dealt with your Pharaoh at the Red Sea and now you're in the wilderness? Pharaoh gone, but you're still stuck for 40 years. You can't blame Pharaoh no more. Pharaoh ain't even the picture. The problem is you. The reason you stuck in the wilderness is you, not Pharaoh. Are y'all listening to me? Y'all give me a little something. Yeah. If this is blessing you, somebody wave a handkerchief and say, preach, black man. Preach. No, I had the black man. <laughs> okay, let me let y'all go. Let me let y'all go for reals. Let's pick this up next week. What do you think? Okay, let me finish it. Let me finish it. Let me finish it. Notice the question Jesus asked the man. Do you want to be made well? It's like Jesus, that's obvious, man. Look at all these people. No, 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 no. It's not that obvious. Because some people are comfortable where they are. Because misery loves company. And there are some of us who are steady expending ourselves to help people who don't want change. All they want is relief. They don't want the responsibility that comes with their freedom. Because now, you got to get up from where you've been sitting for 38 years and tend to yourself. So Jesus said, before I even do anything for you, what do you want? Ah, hey, we got to go deeper into this next week. Yes. Number five, I'm talking about loving yourself. Because one of the reasons this guy is stuck where he is is not only because of his condition, there are certain systems that he has bought into, belief systems that he has bought into. Look at verse, verse uh, number five, number five. Be careful 
that you don't miss your moment blaming those who got ahead while you were waiting. <laughs> Jesus asked the guy, do you want to be made well? First thing that came out his mouth was an excuse. Well, um, the reason I'm here is why. He says, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. It don't matter. Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Well, what had happened was, Jesus, uh, mm, so this is what we do. We miss our moment with God because we're steady blaming those who got ahead while we were waiting. Next week, because we're out of time, we'll talk about what we should do, what we ought to do while we wait. Because while we wait, we cultivate something. We cultivate, number one, intimacy with God. Because when I have intimacy with God, I look into the mirror of his word and he reveals to me what he sees in me. And from that place of intimacy, now I have my unique God-given identity. Because when everybody else sees Jacob, the trickster, God sees Israel, a prince that has power with God and prevails. There are many of us who are still going through life as Jacob. When God has already said, I see Israel in you. There are some of us, because of the identity that we have bought into, that are steady running around, stoning and persecuting people because we see ourselves as Saul of Tarsus. When God says, no, baby, I see Paul. There are some of us going through life and we're unable to love our neighbor as ourselves because all we see is Simon who denied Jesus, be, yeah, denied Jesus three times when God sees Peter, the rock that he put in charge of his church. And the Lord sent me on assignment tonight to alert you to the fact that some of the challenges you're having with your neighbor could be a direct result of the fact that you haven't learned to love yourself. Father, would you seal this word in our hearts as only you can. Father, for those of us who have been stuck by the pool of Bethesda, I pray that today would be a defining moment and that we would face that question with integrity with humility and authenticity because today Jesus offers that invitation to each of us do you want to be made well if you're watching or if you're here tonight and you've never made peace with God through faith in the Son, Jesus Christ. I want to pray a simple prayer for you. You may have been stuck in your condition, 
38 years with no hope, but today Jesus asks you that question, do you want to be made whole? All together, we're going to pray this prayer. If you're in the room and that's you, just simply slip up your hand with every head bowed and every eye closed, and we're going to pray this prayer together in agreement with you, trusting that today you will make peace with your God and you will be born again. Say this simple prayer with me. Dear God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. I acknowledge that I have sinned against you, and I, but I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, and I thank you for the finished work of the cross. Jesus, I declare that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I thank you that my sins are forgiven, that old things have passed away, and all things, all things have become new. Thank you, God, that I'm born again. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Did that bless anybody tonight? Glory to God. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us, we have some resources we want to send to you. Send us an email to echurch at weareconverged.com. Our team will send you a Bible, and they'll send you a mini book called Fresh, Fresh Start that will help you jumpstart your relationship with God. If you're here tonight and you just need prayer or you just want to have a conversation about the message, I want to connect with you and I want to pray for you. Why don't you stand with us as we're dismissed tonight? Amen. Woo! Yeah. Next week, we'll pick up where we left off with dinner for two. Now raise those hands up to heaven. Come on, somebody. In surrender to God. And we declare this over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Come on. The Lord be gracious, gracious, gracious unto you. Listen, the Lord lift his countenance. That means the Lord turn his face toward you and give you this week give you his peace that passes all understanding in Jesus name amen and amen listen God bless you we'll see you next week if you were impacted by today's worship experience we'd love to hear from you maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time if so We've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting Converge Give along with the dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. 
Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.